the Podfix Network. Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie films and studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up. In our very humble opinion, I'm Dom Lenoir and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. Yay! Hey, there he is. Welcoming there my is. co-host, Charles Alderson. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me, Dom, on your podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that Dom's on this. Basically, we decided before that Dom, as he is the host of this one, because it was he that sat down with our guest today, the fantastic Alice Eve. So it made sense for him to do the intro. And didn't he do well, boys and girls? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> it's, it's almost listenable to So our guest is the amazing Alice Eve. Uh, she is an actress known for uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness. She's out of my league. Men in Black 3, Before We Go, Bombshell, The Con Is On, Entourage Movie, Night at the Museum, Death of a Farmer, Cold Comes the Night, The Raven, Sex in the City 2, and one of my favourites, Starter for 10. And not only that, but she was also in The Stolen, which was an indie western made by Neil Johnson, Emily Corcoran, and Gillian McGregor was involved as well. But they came on episode 17 and 18 is a two-part special to tell you about how they made that want to go back listen to that uh the link to that will be in the show notes but also just go to our website thefilmmakerspodcast.com and put in how to make an indie western or any of the names i just mentioned and warning which is out now it's pretty much out everywhere uh go search it out link to that will be in the show notes it is a fantastic sci-fi movie so that is alice eve she is on our show right now for you and Dom, as you did this episode, as you were the host, what can we take away? What can we look forward to hearing in this episode? We talked about the deeper themes of our latest film, Warning. We discussed science fiction as a reflection on current issues. We talked about dealing with downtime between projects, why script's important, and how directors should approach actors. Amazing. Uh, and Dom did this all by himself. Dom, talk us through this. It was a, it was a great experience. And, and honestly, it, it did make me appreciate that there is a... You know, I mean, I've I've done a lot of of co-hosting with you and <laughs> hosting, you might even say. But there there is a certain there's a certain pressure in, in doing it solo, and you know, I mean, doing it with someone else. There's a kind of back and forth that's that's obviously pretty fun. There's a bromance mm-hmm. there um, that that yep. adds to things. Yep. Um, you've got someone who can save you if you struggle or need a question. Yeah, a hundred percent. When you're on your own, you've got to concentrate the whole time. Exactly, and, the and then and then to sort of jump in with a with an A-list <laughs> was uh, was was certainly uh, an interesting experience. Um, and you, you know, it, it just sort of started as a as a conversation. Do you want to do the episode? And I was like, "All oh, right, yeah. When are we doing it?" And like, "No, you're doing it." Oh, okay. I'll, I'll be on the train. At first, I was thinking this is going to be in person as well, which is sort of an, an extra element of of pressure. But I think this is one of those mm. things where you have to always do things that scare you and and do things out your comfort zone. And I mean, going back to before I knew Giles, like I'd never I'd never really done public speaking before. It was something that terrified me. So it, it's been a big uh, it, it's been a big experience sort of going past that and doing all the hosting and uh, co-hosting and, and this this was a great a great thing to do as well. I think it's really important as a filmmaker that you can practice your public speaking. The reason is when you're pitching and you might be on an online event, you might be in an open event in a room where you've got to pitch your project or if it's just you and an investor, you have to be decent at it. You have to have practiced and get good at it and I think any kind of public speaking is only going to help you when you're talking about your projects because you can fluff you can go blank like an actor mm. and suddenly go ah, I, I don't know what I'm saying and that that doesn't impress any investor no no and, and it, it certainly can happen and I think it I think the difference is that when you get into those situations you, you when you've done it a certain amount of times the stress just doesn't sort of wash over you and, and leave you de- debilitated you just you sort of know how to how to ride through it um, to a degree yeah. but it, it's definitely it's definitely a muscle you know it's also great my my friend jen that you you also know has has been has been mocking me at, at being labeled as a co-host in, in some of the <laughs> some of the filmmaking blogs so who's the co-host now jen yeah jen give her a full name come on now it's jennifer martin she's amazing she is in the wolves of war yes oh, she's in your she's film she's in my she? wolves of war film she, yeah, yeah she's in a, she's in a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the indie circuit films she's uh yeah 
a good one yeah and Jen is fantastic in the movie and it's been really good to edit those bits as well on Walls of War with her and it was great to have her for the day when we shot so yeah really I'm glad she pulls your leg on it because you know you deserve it well look wh what we've decided to do because Adam didn't have too long with Alice Eve how long did you have Dom? About 25 minutes? I think it's about 20, 25 minutes, yeah. Cool, it's all you, yeah, I mean, after that. You're worrying about how difficult it was to host on your own. Imagine doing that for an hour and a half, mate. Do you know what I mean? Come Would've on. Would have killed me. Would have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you've done brilliantly well, though, Dom. I'm sure it's a brilliant episode. So, why don't me and you chat afterwards, because it's a short one. Why don't we go into shout outs and talk about the Patreon and talk about a topic from what Alice has talked about in this episode after yep. your session with her. Sound good? All right. Yeah. Excellent. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Dom, not co-hosting, but hosting an episode uh, with the fantastic Alice Eve. Enjoy the episode. So we are delighted to welcome Alice to the podcast. Uh, we've just seen the fantastic film, The Warning, and I can honestly say it's an amazing original uh, science fiction. It's thought-provoking. It's an ensemble cast. Uh, it's multi-narrative, and there's certainly some Black Mirror elements in it. Alice, can you tell us a little bit about your character and what the film's about, please? It's Agata Alexander that did the film. Uh, we made it in Poland. And as you said, it's sort of a series of segments, and they do intersect through what is a climate disaster, um, a large storm. And it's presenting the stories um, of different people living in what I suppose is a dystopian future, but to me feels like a pretty realistic present. And um, what happens when you're sort of taken off grid. And my character is specific to herself because she has she's on earth which not all of them are but she's on earth and she sort of doesn't interact with anyone else she's living in a world supported only by her alexa as it were which again i see a lot yeah i mean there's there's certainly like a an element that's almost scarily current uh, i mean there, there's a that you know for anyone that hasn't seen the film and hopefully will soon there's a there's a box that looks like a bit of a prism pyramid um that's kind of like the concept of alexa mixed with religion i guess and it's called god and your character kind of walks a very a very careful line of being sort of funny whilst uh not intending to be but it does it kind of brings up issues of like how dependent we are on technology uh, and where you know the, the world's going uh certainly what was it that kind of attracted you to the the script in the first place like how did this um this all come to you well i liked my character's storyline i liked the fact that she was just living alone in this universe you know you've you read through the pandemic uh loneliness is a new pandemic or epidemic and mm. this character uh, really embodies that feeling of of isolationism and I liked the idea of working with a female Polish director I love Poland we went to Poland and uh, she was interesting actually and I'm really glad I did it I'm really glad I had the experience of of working with her on it because she has a unique vision and she executed it and I think it's important to continue to show us us to show each other what what, what it feels like to be alive now because it's more unusual than it's ever been. We're changing so much um, with AI that we must keep reflecting it back through art. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the fact that we're doing this on Zoom uh, is kind of testament to that uh, and the changing kind of landscape. I mean, did you did you find it a challenging time through COVID? Like, did this have any effects um, on how this was planned and how it kind of did shoot? No, we filmed this way before COVID. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we filmed this way before COVID. So no, not this one. And then, you know, a lot of my films were pushed during COVID. And then I did a couple of things during COVID, which um, were subject to the endless testing and then the sort of test and trace and all the fun stuff yeah <laughs> so when a, when a script comes to you like what's what's your kind of process from reading it to to preparing it do you do you like to do a lot of rehearsals do you uh, have a lot of input with the the script or do you kind of like to go off and prepare and then sort of turn up with it fresh I definitely I mean it, it's difficult to answer because everything has changed during and since COVID because there mm. was so much time for reflection and so much time to kind of uh, understand the relationship with what you do. I suppose my knee-jerk reaction now is to say no to everything. And then my agent says, no, look at it again. And then I do that. And then he, he's usually right. And then in terms of my process of bringing it to life, the film I'm doing at the moment, which is a horror called Queen Mary, directed by Gary Shaw, I had on my desk since 2020, early 2020. So 
there's an element of osmosis or sort of just integration that happened of carrying that person around over time. That's my preferred method because it's so organic. Mm. You look at that person and you're able to be sort of in the line at the, you know, shop and think, oh, what would she do? Carry her and all her decisions with you. But if you can't do that, then I, I you know, I was quite academic when in school and university. So I take a more academic approach if there's not too much time, which is to say I immerse myself and sort of try and become an expert on the person, which happens if in the slow process, but you can also accelerate it. Amazing. And how long was the, the shoot for in Poland? I was there a week. I mean, my, mine was, you know, one didn't yet. So I'm sure her yeah. shoot yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's definitely one of the one of the the sort of pros of the film is it it kind of brings together these these different stories that are you know, all quite profound uh, and you know yeah. faith and and loneliness like you said they're all very relevant uh, and it kind of brings them all together in in quite a dramatic and and moving way at the end. Um, yeah. what's your what's been um, what's been your experience working with the director and the the team so far on the project? Well, we did I mean it- I'm not going to tell you when we made it because it will feel like it's from a different century, but (laughs) I think so much has changed since 2019. But anyway, it was lovely. I mean, it was Poland. I had terrible jet lag. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I remember having terrible jet lag. We were in Warsaw. With jet lag, you're wide awake. It's not a matter of trying to go to sleep. If it's the wrong time of day and you're upside down, you're wide awake. So I thought, oh, I'll just go for a walk. It's 3.30 a.m. There was a war memorial outside in the square outside of the hotel. And I thought... I'll go for a walk and I'll feel the sort of city and then I'll, and I asked the guys at the desk, I said, you know, it's 3.30 a.m. Is it safe for me to walk? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I was like, fine. So I went for a walk around the square and I was just crossing the road with the red man, you know, since so a green man and a red man, so do cross, don't cross. And I was like, okay, well, it's the middle of the night and, you know, I'll just cross the road because when it's a red man, because no one will notice. Lo and behold, a police fan comes whizzing round the corner. Two guys jump out as if I'm a kind of armed robber. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't cross when it says don't cross. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, God, this is like a totally, you know, I come from America, which is, you know, home of the brave and land of the free. Yeah. And I genuinely do not cross the road at 4 a.m. when there's a red man, even when no one's in sight. So it was interesting to see a different culture and, uh, and remember about the cultural differences we all experience in that way. Again, there was a lot of cultural differences, but I loved it. I, I, I mean, I love Europe as it gets further east. It becomes, you know, you get closer to Russia and feelings change and the people were very, very gentle and very uh, emotionally in touch. So I really enjoyed my time with the crew, actually. That's amazing. And I, I think I think it's great that um, productions are starting to go even more international than they were before. There's a lot of films getting made in Europe uh, and it's kind of opened up a lot of travel and cultures uh, to sort of filmmakers. Well, the world is making films for itself now because we have all these local streamers, you know, Mm. are opening places. So studios are beginning to open up everywhere and who knows if we'll become more homogenous or less homogenous as a result of that or make our own content. But either way, entertainment is rife. So, so speaking about sort of bigger budget and, and independence, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of bigger stuff like Star Trek and you've, you know, you've done, done this and you've done sort of quite small, intimate independence. Like what's been your experience like, you know, navigating the two kind of worlds? Do you, do you kind of have a preference? The, the truth is, is that it, it depends on the group, actually, always. It, it can be a huge budget or a tiny budget. And if you've got people who are invested and talented and with a vision and brave, then it's fabulous. And certainly bravery is important to me. And that can come in any budget, you know, brave to make a decision, brave not to deliberate, brave to move forward into the scene and make a choice that maybe is radical. Budget is less concerning to me because ultimately as an actor, it's you, your makeup artist in a trailer, and then you and your director on a set and maybe another actor. And it's wonderful, I guess, the real answer is it's wonderful to get films that people see, lots of people see. That's the kind of goal. Yeah, of course. I mean, just jumping back to, to where it all kind of began for you, like, have you always, you know, were you interested in film as a kid? Like, how did it all kind of start your, your route? Um, I wonder what the true answer is. I, I, I suspect the true answer is not known to me uh, because I think sometimes I don't know myself as well as I think I do. So I guess it's the family business. My dad's an actor. He was definitely famous when I was growing up to the point mm, of course. slightly difficult in school. And uh, so in a way, it's like I was cornered into it. Uh, it felt like I was like, well, I, I sort of will go into it because I'm already slightly different. And 
And then I didn't think I was, I was quite good at everything, but not really good at anything. And so I just thought I'm an all rounder. I, there must be a sort of skill at this and I'm going to go into this. And then I guess the feeling I have now is deep, deep gratitude that I a went into it and B am able to do it. And see that this is the job I chose because my god it's such a good job and I really realized that during the pandemic how rewarding I find it and how much I love collaborating with the people doing it and how great it is really. Were there ever any moments along the way where you you felt like you weren't getting where to you you know where you were hoping to because I mean it's you know it's obviously right now you've got the the pick of the land. Yesterday, when I was lying in a bath in Mitcham in a towning robe and the shower curtain kept falling down, and I thought, we're never going to get the shot. What am I doing <laughs> in a bath in Mitcham in a towning robe? No, every day you think, what the hell? And then sometimes, you know, and then there's the thing, you get a job and then you love the job and then they change the dynamic of the character and then your heart breaks and then you refall in love with that dynamic. I mean, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster, and I'm a very emotional person, so I feel everything. So I feel all those things, all the changes. And there's been years when I haven't worked. I mean, 2009, I think it was, I didn't work or I did one job. And and you think, oh, God, oh, my God, what else could I do? And then you see people like you who are established in their professions, and you think, well, I can't just go and try and do what they do. (laughs) What what else am I going to do? Like. So it's definitely up and down. But I do think, again, I don't mean to over-refer to the pandemic, but I do think after the pandemic, we've all maybe understood a little bit more of what an actor's life is, that the, the up and downness, the isolation, the loneliness, there's definitely a shared experience around it more now. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's very comforting for people to hear. And I think I think it definitely has been a big level of the pandemic. And, you know, everyone kind of realized, okay, you know, we really do want to do this. Uh, and yeah, there are frustrating periods when you're not doing what you want to do. So it's really, it's really nice to kind of hear, uh, hear that from someone like yourself that's doing amazing things. So I noticed you've done a little bit of producing as well, just to touch on that very briefly. Um, ladylike, Death of a Farmer and Bees Make Honey. And you also did Directed Ladylike, is that right? This was a little yeah, bit of a while ago. Yeah, that was a short film I did. You know, I went through a situation where I had to have an abortion and I made a film about it as a sort of catharsis. And I that went into the LA Film Festival. But that was less an inclination for me to want to direct and more to have to kind of get something out. Mm. Um, and in terms of producing, uh, I take my hat off to people who can do it because it's really, really hard. But I will see you all there at the finish line because I won't give up. But I'm definitely, I, there's a couple of things that I'm trying to get off the ground. And, you know, doors keep slamming shut left, right and centre. But uh, I'm back on my feet with one of them and about to sort of smash through some doors. So hopefully that, that list will be longer. Um, in terms of directing, I have to say at the present moment, um, I don't have the inclination to do it. I love being an actor and I love being led. Um, however, I, don't, I couldn't speak for my future self. No, that's very, very interesting. And, and I, I think I completely agree with the catharsis uh, side of thing. Like the amount of times when you can go into the, the cinema at a specific point in your in your life. And, you know, I guess it is the actor who, who kind of emotionally leads you on that journey. And it's the yeah. director that kind of guides you through and it can just give you that release or that identification that you, you needed. And it's uh, an incredibly important reason, um, you know, to be telling these kind of, these kind of stories as well. Yeah, totally. It's definitely what we're there for. Catharsis. But, uh, you know, it's also refreshing to hear like we, we've had, you know, all kinds of filmmakers from, you know, Oscar winners and producing and directing. And they all say the same thing that, you know, it's it is a constant battle to sort of keep going. And, you know, people don't always take the amazing projects like the Star Wars is and the Indiana Joneses and they, they take a while to get made. And, you know, I think these things definitely do sort of... Uh, you know, happen at the right time. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no small way of saying it. It sounds hyperbolic, but you have to be a robot. You cannot, you like, that just keeps going and keeps going. If you stop and think about it, or look at the evidence and become a scientist about it, you're like, well, the odds are slim to none. I mean, none. The odds, that's not going to happen. But if you just carry on, eventually some poor bastard relents and says, all right, you can make it. So, so, I mean, is there anything specific that you tend to look for in a project? My little peccadilloes of the type of people. I mean, in terms of the projects that I'd like, that I like to want to get off the ground, Mm. um, they're obviously female led stories about uh, freedom um, because my great joy gift 
gratitude in life is that I was born in a time when women are free. And so females and freedom are my, are my two words, I, I suppose. But definitely when I choose roles, um, there are things that I like to express. And usually they're extremes, um, extremes of behavior, extremes of pain or pleasure. Um, extremes appeal to me. And do, do you have any advice? Um, I mean, I'm not saying to approach you directly, but if, if directors are trying to you know, get a script to you or um, producers, like what, what, what are the kind of tips that might get you interested? Well, to get a script to someone, you, you just have to go through the agent and if the script is good, it will get there. But I guess that the script, have, to get the script good, you, you have to be relentless. Again, it's, it's a sort of robotic um, mm. term and you've got to keep redrafting and redrafting. I'm writing something at the moment, we've been writing it for a year and a half. And who knows, maybe in 10 years, it'll be on your screens. But <laughs> it, it truly, you never know how long. But the amount of time it takes, you know, as an actor, they invite you to the party when everyone's lined up and the drinks have been organized and the music set. And they say, OK, now you go and you get to sort of dance and then you leave and, and, and you're sort of celebrated for that. And there is there's definitely pressure involved in that and everything. But in terms of bringing a project from sort of a concept to fruition and then to selling, that's a, that's a very, very time-consuming process. So if you're not feeling absolutely beleaguered by the amount of time you've put into a draft of a script, then I would say something isn't right. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, when you when you read scripts and there's just like very obvious, like missing bits with character arcs, or, you know, or the, the story structure, it kind of immediately puts you off from, from wanting to work on it. So that's, uh, that's sound advice. Um, and are there any sort of do's and don'ts for directors if they are working with you? Uh, things that are useful, things that maybe aren't useful? Well, every director brings their own personality in their own way. And part of our job is to learn the rhythm of that director and, and, and sort of be in sync with what they're wanting and the, and the tempo that they're at. And um, so to, it's not really my job to say don't. But I definitely believe in communication and any, you know, no one can fail if they're totally honest. I remember J.J. Abrams saying, I was like, can I ask a sort of dumb question? And he said, there are no dumb questions. Mm. And I think that, you know, as long as no communication is off limits and everything can be said in terms of I'm worried about this or does this make sense or what about this idea? It's crazy, but what if, you know, I'm the murderer or all of these things, however large or small, communication is king for me. Yeah, and I, I suppose that's it. It's a sort of a two-way communication, whether you're, you know, whether you come back to the script or you sort of talk on an emotional level, you know, or, or it's even a psychological, um, you know, question. You've got to tailor it to the actor and, you know, likewise. So it's a, yeah. definitely a collaboration. When can we see the film next? When's the, well, when's the big premiere? Morning. Uh, I think it's premiering this weekend at a couple of like a Comic Con and a Sci Fi Festival and the MCM Comic Con. And oh, amazing. I believe it comes out on the 22nd on VOD and in select cinemas. Select cinemas, I sound like one of those guys doing the voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on demand on the 22nd. <laughs> automated uh, automated yeah. marketing message. Select theatres near you. Awesome. Could you sum up the film in, in, in like a couple of lines? Well, the film's a series of vignettes that um, all do tie together as a, a sort of a way of bringing them together is that we're, we're living in a dystopian semi-future, although to me it feels like a present. But uh, there's a sort of large electrical storm and that has an effect on everyone's life and everyone's living in the same moment in time, even though they're living very different lives. And there are different intersections. One man is in space. Um, one family are dealing with the potential immortality. Uh, my character is having a total singular relationship with her AI and has no real human interaction um, and has become reliant on the AI's advice. It's a kind of look and a mirror held up as, as sort of what we're dealing with now. I mean, to say that it's the future slightly worries me because it's not too far from where we're at, if not for some people where we're at. And um, it's just an idea of what it's like to live with a new entity, which is AI, uh, which we're all trying to assimilate to and should not be flippant about how complicated that is for us because it just wasn't around a hundred years ago. So quite something. But yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall, just to summarize, I think it's an amazing film and it is very thought provoking. And I think some of the things that are incredibly moving about it are, are the fact that it has everyday technology with these 
incredibly evocative kind of stylized tone. So it's it's a very original film. Uh, you should definitely go and see it. So the 25th of October on all digital platforms and the premiere is at the Sci-Fi London on the 19th of October. So definitely go down and see it. Alice is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the rest of the cast are fantastic and it's, um, it's a very unique sci-fi. Um, so just the last question to leave you on, if you could give some advice to your former self when you were starting out is there anything you could tell our filmmakers well it would all be to do with being a woman so if you're a woman i can say but my former self was living in a different time i would have told myself to keep my opinions to myself because nobody wants to hear a woman's opinion but maybe that's changing although i have an inclination <laughs> that it's not changing as much as we'd like it to but i definitely think that there's a diff there's, there's a difference between uh, the men and women and how, how it's received. So I guess men be accommodating of women's opinions because they have them and they're great and women be accommodating of the difficulty in those opinions being received. And I hope we can shrink that gap as time moves on, but it's definitely a project we all have to be invested in. Great. Amazing, uh, amazing thought to, to uh, end on. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us. It's been fantastic. And I wish you every luck with the release. Good luck on everything else. Thank you so much for having me, Dom. It was a real pleasure. Lovely to chat. Thank you. Bye. And we're going to play the trailer for Warning right now, and we'll see you on the other side. I don't like these spacewalks. What am I going to get, an android up here? An android companion is not an approved expense. Can you really put a value on human life? Warning, warning. An asteroid two and a half miles wide will fly by Earth, but it's not expected to collide with our planet. The continuing heat wave is causing power shortages in homes. This one is Charlie. He's a fully operational companion robot. Is his outfit changeable? I'm really nervous. Never been with someone of your kind. I wonder what he's thinking about. Floating up there all by himself. How much air do I got left? You have six days. What are we doing here, huh? Hey, baby. <laughs> Say hi to the camera. Hey. What's the lesson here? What are my blessings, God? Um, my love for you and your wallpaper. <gasps> His mind will be fully in control of your body. Hello? really wrong with you. Stop living in my past. Not everyone is blessed with eternal life. I'm turning it off. I don't want to live forever without you. To stop advertisements, sign up for Premium God. What is this thing called love, anyway? Morning. Now, I've never felt more alive my entire life. Time just becomes more precious. So there we have it. That was the fantastic Alice Eve talking to our host, Dom Lemoir. Very good. Yeah. Very good, buddy. How exciting. Your first one done. I love it. You're going to do more. 100%. Very exciting. Thank you Thank for you. doing that. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. And what an episode. Really, really enjoyable. Let's come to a topic about what Alice has said in a minute. Um, I quite liked that she's talking about, you know, how casting in indie films at the moment and uh, how you approach directors or how directors approach actors. But I think we can tie that in with crewing up at the moment and casting at the moment how difficult it is mm. but first shout outs Liza and Nicole the co-founders of the Female Film Club are organising one of their film parties it's basically for filmmakers members and film buffs and it is on Thursday the 25th of November in Mayfair from 7.30 onwards link to it is in the show notes. You fancy going along? Then do it. These events that Liza and Nicole do are always sold out. They're a big success uh, and it makes it a fun night with lots of networking, great cocktails and costumes if you fancy dressing up as well. Why not go as Barney the Dinosaur? Why not? Why not, Dom? <laughs> I'd love to see you turn up as Barney the Dinosaur because... <laughs> well, I mean, the costume's in your size, but I I'm happy to get another one, all right? <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that all day. I'd Good. love to turn off as Barney the Dinosaur. Yeah. The ace. 
hilarious. So my shout out is for Your Reality, a, a film I had a, a small, humble hand in, in uh, helping produce. And it's got a lot of traction. It's about gaslighting. It's by Tatiana Anders. And at the moment, we're getting very close to a million. I think we're on about 700, 800K views uh, of the wow. film. So uh, I'd be cool. very excited if we got to a million. So um, make sure you have a have a listen. Not a listen, That's a watch amazing. even. That's amazing. Oh, well done to you, Lark. That's really, that's amazing news. Thank you. Why do you think it's done so well? I suppose that's interesting. Why do you think, you know, this is a short film. Why do you think it's had so much love and interest and that many views? Well, I think it, I mean, it's basically about gaslighting in a relationship and, and lying and, and, you know, manipulating and basically sort of distorting people's realities. And I, I think, I mean, from what I've seen in the comments, like a lot of people have, have basically said, wow, this is incredibly accurate. And I think Tatiana's sort of done a very good job on bringing it to life in that sense. So I think there's a, there's a lot of common ground in people watching it. Uh, go check it out. Link to that is in the show notes. If Dom sends me the link, we will put it in. If he doesn't, then it won't be in there. So you'll have to search it out. For no, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. Um, we have a shout out for uh, the Indiegogo campaign. James Morris emailed me. He's got his campaign for He Never Left. It's a Halloween slasher film. I've donated because I really like the concept and the poster and the cover art is incredible. Uh, link to that is in the show notes. But basically, it's a Halloween themed slasher that blends visceral realism with heavy atmosphere and nostalgia. They're already halfway to their goal and they're not asking for too much it's only 11 grand they're asking for so they're already halfway to it so you want to support indie filmmakers as you should then go have a look link to that is in the show notes remember our blog and our patreon everyone we have a filmmakers podcast patreon where there's even more bonus material for you even more talks so go there and you'll find so much information shout out to our patreon uh members there's going to be more bonus episodes for you do you want to join them link to that is in the show notes as well as our blog this is a place where we write up the episodes in word form so you can read it in, in about three minutes but on there you can also make comments so if you want to make comments if there's anything else you want to hear from us then go there as well as well as going to our twitter page at filmmakers pod or instagram the filmmakers podcast and it's coming up to christmas so we have 15 percent off our merchandise and we have some amazing make your film t-shirts we have some amazing filmmakers podcast merchandise if you want it if you've got a filmmaker friend if you have any friends then buy them this for Christmas. I mean, if you don't have any Why friends, not? get one anyway. Maybe you'll make a friend. Get one for yourself. Maybe it's maybe that's it. Maybe it should be instead of make your film, make make your friend. Just an Absolutely. idea. Absolutely, it's a very good idea. And repeat the film I produced with Lucinda Rhodes Takra for Richard Miller and for Kimberly Thurlow is out this Monday. It's out this Monday, everyone. It's called Repeats, a sci-fi thriller, and it's amazing made for very little. Uh, Richard, myself, Lucinda, and I think the lead Tom, and if any luck, Charlotte Ritchie will be on as well next week's episode for you. We're all going to dive deep into how you can make a very micro-budget indie film and get it released around the world and sold around the world. That's next week for you. For now, though. Next week. Uh, next week. That's next, next week. week. Yeah. But next for now. Week. So, uh, yeah, link to I'm, buying I'm that pre-order. It's worth repeating, Dom. Yeah. Repeat is out yes repeat repeat monday the 15th of november it's also out on the in the us on the 19th through gravitas ventures thank you so much for those of you who listened to the episode last week with lord and miller uh, talking all about creativity, working together, the relationship you can have when you're writing, where ideas come from, and uh, obviously their latest film, The Mitchells versus the Machines, which is out now on Netflix. Thank you for all the love you gave us on that episode. My God, you lot loved that one. So thank you. Um, so Dom, you and Alice Eve, besties now. Is she going to do your next film? Uh, I, I, I think she'd be crazy not to, to be honest. <laughs> I think she'd be crazy not to. <laughs> she'd be insane not to. Uh, yeah. I'm sure she's seen Winter Ridge. Yeah. Um, it is out now everywhere, by the way. Go watch Dom's film, Winter Ridge. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really interesting chat. I really liked what she was talking about, you know, in terms of working with directors and the downtime between projects and how you mm. find things. But I suppose I wanted to talk us about casting at the moment and crewing up at the moment and in the industry right now and how we overcome this because it's been very difficult. What's your take on it all? Well, I think it has been a ridiculously busy period and it's hard to say if it is slowing down. I mean, I, th I think there is a, there's an inkling that 
maybe the initial rush of projects that were all basically sort of ready to go uh, as soon as lockdown and, and the rules uh, restricted it is maybe starting to ease off a little bit but it, it's been a difficult time like especially I mean I worked with the Shakespeare sisters recently on, on a project yeah. and, and um, that, that was that was a fantastic experience but it was tough getting hold of of crew and and I mean even even something as simple as like renting a lighting van becomes a challenge because availability low and then the, the prices go into the into the stratosphere for, for just renting a van something mm, that should be a simple e- easy easy thing so I mean all these things kind of add up and, and blow up budgets which is a problem when you're an indie filmmaker and you've set your budget and you know how much things used to cost or normally cost or where yeah. you can get crew from and you've got your regular crew that you might use or at least you've got regular regular like the second of that or the third of that mm. but when you're now struggling you're going to your fourth or fifth or people you don't know and you're asking anyone for, hey, do you know anyone who's a grip? Do you know anyone who's a soundie? Do you know anyone who can come and help me on this? It's really difficult. And that's what happened to us on Three Day Millionaire as well. You know, we were all the, I can't believe how busy the industry was. It was so busy. Mm. And I think that's really hard for indie filmmakers because you spend as a producer, all your time trying to find crew, right up just the day before filming. Yeah, yeah. That's I, tough. Mean, I mean, that, 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 that's, that's exactly it. I mean, we, we had to get a sound guy down and it was literally like the next day um, that, mm. the, that we got it confirmed, like everyone was ringing through their phone books. I, I managed to get someone that I'd worked on one of my one of my like one of my early features you know back back in uh, back when I was a young man and he was a guy that had done some ADR for me up north remotely um as like a pickup I mean we're probably talking like five or six years ago I'd never met him I just had him written in my phone as like sound guy uh, <laughs> and I just I just rung him up and he and, and, and you know the guy was just like oh, yeah I, I could hear the, the the slight panic in your <laughs> In your voice, uh, but I mean the guy just the guy the guy's like you know he's he's an experienced guy he's been in in, in it for a long 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 time and he just jumped mm. on a train for like three and a half hours and, and came down and, and saved the day and like that that's Amazing. that's what that's what filmmaking's about it's about building connections with people and you know you never know when you're going to be able to help someone or someone else is going to be able to help you yes it was something Gemma Hurley said on. Uh, the AFM talk we did, AFM just happened last week. It was brilliant. Um, we did a Filmmakers Podcast live talk there, which I'm hoping uh, they're going to send soon and I'll put it up as an episode for you because it was really interesting. But Gemma Hurley, the writer of Host and the upcoming Dash Cam, she said everyone she meets, she writes down in a book. So whether they're a producer, a sound person or, you know, a grip or it's just someone who's a writer, she has this little book and she writes down every name. So in the future... If a she comes across can come after them. And then Hitman, exactly. <laughs> she, she she remembers who they are, where they met, what the situation was. So if she is struggling or needs some help, I thought, what a brilliant idea. What a great tip for filmmakers to do is write down everyone you meet or email or emails you back. Mm. You know, because so many people don't. It's really difficult. It's so difficult when you're starting out. I think, I honestly think filmmaking is such a difficult job to do. Yep. I really do, as being a producer or a director and tr- a writer and trying to get your work seen. And the importance of being good about how you approach people. I got I got an email the other day from someone saying, hey, you know, I'm watching the dare at the moment. You know, I'm impressed with the fact you, you wrote and directed this right. Any tips? I want to I want to be a, a filmmaker, you know. And I went, yeah, great. Absolutely. You know, good luck. Thank you. Yeah, I did. I did write and direct. And, you know, we do a podcast on all this, but here's some tips. The next minute he wrote back abusive and started giving me absolute, you know, you're this, you're that. I was like, I'm sorry. What? what? I was really? trying to help you out. And I what? find that what, fascinating. Because you dared to give him tips? Uh, yeah. No, I think, he, no, he, he decided to bear umbrage against the film. And I think I, he might have been annoyed that I'd asked him to listen to the podcast rather than me give him direct tips or something. I'm like, oh, right. do you well, know what I mean? Like, I've got time. Well, Most people won't even write back. Yeah. But it did put me off. It made me think, oh God, I've got to be careful, right? I haven't. And then it made me think, no, we, we, this is why we do this, to help filmmakers. But yeah, 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 yeah. I do think this is a really tough industry and you've got to be so careful about how, how you approach people. And if you're approaching me or Dom or, you know, much bigger people than myself and Dom is, well, certainly me, is how, how you do that. 
You know, you do have to be nice. You do. There was an insult or a compliment there. No, it was a compliment. It was a compliment. Oh, I was you, actually yeah. doing a compliment I there. I mean, that technically, time. you're taller, so you. Yeah, I mean, in some respects, yeah, you're yeah. bigger, but then in others, I'm bigger maybe, in Japan. Maybe yeah, not. That's true you know? than you are. Yeah. But I think, I think these kind of things do. It's really hard when you're starting out and how you approach that, and especially at the moment when there isn't any crew. So if you are trying to make your indie film right now, how difficult that is. And it was something Alice said about, you know, what she does in between jobs and the downtime. Well, how's the best way to approach actors as indie filmmakers? It's the same as your crew. You have, you can't just go, hey, you want to do my film? I think you need to research these people massively and go, I saw you in this. Here's how it would work, I feel, if you played this part here. And a lot of the time people say, try and get them to play against type. So Alice Eve specifically hasn't mm. really played psychos you know she hasn't necessarily played a killer type type role so maybe that would appeal to her you mm. know i know that's how niall and uh, emily got her for the stolen was mm. because she'd never done a western and it was like okay i'd really like to do a western so i think you've got to think outside the box when you're approaching crew and actors you've really got to, why would they come work for you on your low budget indie film yeah, oh, it, it, big it, it, it definitely comes down to coming with interesting characters as well. And, and I think a lot of actors don't get to do the kind of roles that maybe they'd like to do because they kind of get cast as the... I mean, I think a lot of characters, character actors especially, get given sort of the, the quirky caric caricature of who they are and then they just sort of play that, you know, infinitum. Maybe they mm. want to do something that's a bit simpler in drama, you know, emotional kind of restrained roles rather than, you know, wild, quirky characters um, or, or, you know, or vice versa. So, you know, create something that's that's against what, what they what they are. Yeah. And, and could be the same with crew, especially big DPs. But, you know, you can approach anyone you want. Why really? not ask them to, to do the sound? <laughs> <laughs> Just text them in the middle. Hey, we need you to travel four hours now. We need someone to do yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, come, come. Yeah. Yes. Like, who is this Dom person? Um, but I think yeah. it is that I think the industry is changing right now. I think we went through a period mm. that was the busiest in the UK industry. And it hasn't been talked about mm. enough of how difficult that has been for filmmakers right now. And how people mm. have just gone, well, yeah, of course, go make your film. And then you're like, well, actually, right now it's been very difficult because your crew has to gel together it's so important to gel together and if you're not mm. then you've got to remove people you've and that's really tricky and then you've got to find someone to replace and if the industry's yep. too busy well they go no they're getting a netflix job and i was hearing yep. recently that netflix have signed up crew members for the next year like even if they're not working for that whole time so they might yeah. just do two or three jobs which is killing us this is a genuine yeah no it, it is a genuine and it's the same with actors as well like yep. some of those big shows like they'll, they'll just book someone out even if they're not even planning to do some filming with them mm -hmm. just and, and the thing is it's i mean i mean it's, it's not good for the actor in, in a sense as well because it's like okay great you know in a year or two's time when the show comes out maybe the show will be a success maybe it won't but they might be missing out on on the yeah the, literally the next like nolan film well, or it might be different if it was a Nolan film, sure, but I think yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, those kind of things maybe you can you can Nolan. work around it, but yeah. but it, but if, it, if it's an indie guy or girl who's who's sort of coming in and trying to hoik someone out of of one of those contracts, it's, you're going to find yourself in a lot of uh, difficulty, aren't you? Totally. Well, look at Charlotte Ritchie who came to do repeat for us. You know, she's huge from mm. Call the Call the Midwife, Ghosts. You know, she's massive, mm. but she came to do it because she liked the script. You know, Richard had yeah. written a really yeah, great yeah. script and a really interesting concept. So she, she didn't have to do that. This is no money. This mm. is like nothing. But she wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, we managed to fit all her scenes into about four days, I think. Rich will tell you next week. Um, mm. And that's how you've got to approach it. What is it different here? What? Why would they come and do this? But I think, again, I find it really annoying that Netflix have done this. I think really annoying that they've gone, hey, we don't want to be out of crew members, so we're going to give them a retainer type thing, so you can't work on anything mm. else. Well, that's going to kill the indie film world. That's going to kill us, mm. unless we're doing a film for Netflix. Well, what happens if we want to go make a 30 grand movie or a 200 grand movie or a million pound movie? We now can't get the crew we want because they're now signed yeah. to Netflix. Well, I mean, I suppose it's a bit difficult as well because in a way, like Netflix often do take a chance on new unestablished filmmakers 
to do their projects. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's like maybe you've, maybe you're killing off the next version of that from doing the the movie that's going to get them seen to then do the Netflix original that you're going to give them. Absolutely, yeah. So, but, but what would they be like? Well, what have you been doing? You know, why should we give you a chance? And you're like, well, I was trying to make an indie film, but you took all my crew <laughs> and all my cast. Mm. You signed them all up. I think I think survival in the indie film world for the next few years is the new form of success. If you can survive mm. this bout of insanity in the indie film world at the moment, the fact that so many films got made in the last year, and the reason for that for me is because so many couldn't get made the year before, many COVID reasons, suddenly they had this money or this pocket of money and Brexit was happening too. So they had to mm. remove money. They had to spend money. In, uh, investors and production companies had that. Mm. They have to spend that money. Let's spend it. So that's why I believe a lot of indie films got made and a lot of films at the same time got made. But that's where issues can happen on a film set, where it isn't safe, where things, mm. you know, People aren't experienced enough because you're bringing people up. Now, I love bringing people up myself. I love bringing someone who well, is... Well, like children? Yeah, I love bringing up children. That's true. <laughs> but no, I also love someone who's been, you know, maybe they've been um, third. Well, you give them a chance as a first, you know, or someone yeah. who's been uh, a production coordinator. Okay, well, let's make a production manager. Great. You've got the experience. And this is how, at the moment, it's a perfect time to come into this industry. If you're a production assistant mm. now, banging on those doors now. I tell you what, you're going to get work. This is the perfect time to be sending cvs out but i think it's really hard for us so i i really believe that if you can survive then that's a success because covid has been an issue for filmmakers at the moment obviously for various reasons and rightly so now you've got to really look to yourself and find out what projects you want to do and why you're doing this because it's really hard it's hard before the pandemic. Now it's really hard. Yeah, and also, you know, the other side of the the coin is distribution and sales. How do you get the film seen? Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, pricing is a huge hot topic right now in the market. AFM, you know, what were films being sold for? You know, what I mean, they they're crying out for content, but how long are they going to be crying out for content for? You know. If everyone's making yeah. movies right now, when they're already in six months' time, are they going to be crying out for content then? It's frightening. It's frightening for us at the moment, trying to find bankable stars when you're trying to make a movie for under a mil, let's say. It's a jigsaw puzzle. It's a real jigsaw puzzle with financing and uh, you know pre-sales, tax credits, incentives, all this sort of stuff at the moment is a real problem. But you can piece together an indie finance plan right now. I've been doing it on Three Day Millionaire and it is not... For the weak-hearted, it's really not. It's really difficult doing shares and tax credits. And, and, uh, yeah, oh, it, it is. I mean, there's there's a lot of accounting to be done. There's mm -hmm. a lot of you know schmoozing. There's a lot of persistence that's required as, as well. Because I mean, I suppose, especially right now, if you've got if you've got a lot of these actors and they're they've got all these big productions. Uh, and they're waiting to see if their actor might get a big production, then you, you're in there as like an Indius. It's, I think in a lot of cases, the agents are maybe you know not sure about giving it to the indie or giving a concrete yes because something big might be coming in. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. You have to just be quite persistent and you've got to be quite flexible. Mm -hmm. um, you can't just sort of book someone off <laughs> like six months in advance for, for your film and, and then forget about it like maybe some of the bigger productions can so true and and the fact is at the moment trying to get anything made between sort of two million up you know to 10 million that that weird sort of area is very tricky right now it's very very hard doesn't mean it can't be done you know people are doing it and if you are making films it's it, you're in a good place you know if you've got investors on board right now well look the return can be there for them you know, this is great time to be preparing for your next one and getting that budget up for you. It really is. So I suppose my advice there is keep thinking outside the box. Keep doing something different. Try and find that great project or script or if you've written one that really is exciting and different and approach actors who haven't done those roles before and really focus on your crew. <laughs> Try and get the best crew you can possible. And I know that's difficult, but that's when like, you go to these events, like Dom's saying, and that's when you go to uh, online things where you can find people, find like-minded people who believe in you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 about building relationships as well. Like, it, it is different to just hire someone for a project and then let them do their job, and then that's that's that, and you've never taken the time to to make sure they're 
you know, ha- happy with how the production's being running. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's anything you can do to help, you know, you know, work things out. You know, it, it's all these kind of things, and then and then keeping in touch uh, after a project to make sure, you know, okay, great, what are you up to? What projects are you on? What are you doing? It, it's just it's just about going the extra mile, and then then when you do ring someone up and you're like, okay, well, can you? Can you do this project? It's it's maybe it's not the rate that you want it to be because it's an, it's an India. It's not like APA or it's it's not like the next Hollywood thing. And they'll think, well, actually, you know, we had a good time working together, and you know, we've kept in touch, and and you know, maybe you're you're someone cool to work with, and and that that counts for a lot when you're when you're struggling to get people. I think. Yeah, totally agree. But I do think it's going to change. I do. I think, like I said, I think next year might be easier for you to get crew mm. not necessarily cast and if they're not signed up by Netflix and again don't forget it's like the cream de la creme the creme de la creme I should say who are being signed up you know and that's amazing for them brilliant so I think there mm. is a space and it does give an opportunity for new DOPs new directors new crew members so I'm open to it all and it's just an exciting new stage for us all it really is but Dom alright look all that downside everything that's happened there myself and you have been making films during this time and we know so many people who have that is a huge plus right it it is it's amazing i mean as i said earlier like there's a a film that i worked on years ago that suddenly gained momentum you know i've done two movies well the your reality ones like Mm. you know i did that quite a while ago and it, it, it was actually pre-COVID that, that it had its kind of premiere and a bit of reception and it's only in the last couple of months so you never know when things are going to take off I've done two movies in the last six months you've done probably two as well I think yeah, two or three least, you know yeah. it, it's, it's been an amazing time and, and these things have entirely come from building friendships working hard and trying to just put your passion into yours or other people's films and that's all you can do at the end of the day there you go and what a lovely way to end this episode on that was Dom Lenoir hosting with Alice Eve I hope you enjoyed that was myself and Dom having a little chat afterwards just for fun on the state of the industry right now Um, (laughs) next week remember we have repeat I repeat 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 again I repeat again we have Richard Miller uh, Lucinda Rhodes, Sakra, myself, and Tom England, and hopefully Charlotte Ritchie as well, joining us. So get ready for that one, talking about how we made that indie film and how we got it out into the market right now. Very exciting. Remember, you can go out there and make your indie film. You can make it happen. But know who your audience is, and then get out there and do it. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, Dom, since you hosted this episode, what should they do? Send the elevator back down. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you have enjoyed this ridiculous rant with myself and Dom, if you want more of that, let us know. We might put some of those up on the Patreon, or might just do some episodes like that that are interviews. Let us know. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.